I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of a family. Wherever I roam, a Fenway home, that's where I long to be. I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity. Make a smile November until opening day Suffering baseball withdrawal around the clock When April comes, hey, meet me down on Yawkey Way That's when Red Sox Day just starts rock I'm a member of the Red Sox Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late tonight on Periscope, the podcast can be found, as always, on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can also find it on Spreaker and Player FM. And finally, if you click the avatar for the Benny and the Bets podcast just above this window, you can also find it pinned to the top of the Twitter profile and in the bio as well. Red Sox just wrapped up a three-game set against the Toronto Blue Jays, which ended in a three-game sweep for the Red Sox, and we will be breaking that down momentarily. I am Terry Cushman and I'm joined as always by Dave Kwiatkowski and Austin Hartsfield. How are you gentlemen? Doing great after a nice sweep. Austin? Every time, every time I hit the mute button. That's all right. Frustrated. Frustrated with technology, kid. Let's put it that way. But happy about the series. All right. Well, I thought you were barfing again, so. Oh, no. That'll be later, probably. All right. (laughs) When we start talking about the bullpen, probably. Yeah, or or Brock Holt. All right, let's just let's just get this rolling with the recap. Uh, Red Sox started a three-game set on. Tuesday night with Chris Sale making his much-awaited return as the opener. He only went one inning, gave up only one hit, struck out two. Planned on going two innings, only ended up being one. If you were on the shitter, you probably missed it because he wasn't out there for very long. Nathan Avaldi came in uh, shortly after, uh, pitched three and two-thirds. Gave up three hits, two runs right at the very end before he got pulled. Walked uh, two, struck out four. Steve Pierce made his presence felt with an RBI triple. And then in the seventh inning, perhaps the greatest pinch hitter since Johnny Gomes, Brock Holt stepped into the batter's box and belted a three-run homer. That was basically all the Red Sox needed. They scored a couple of runs after uh, final was seven to two. Game two, David Price on the mound, Carpal Tunnel Survivor, Fortnite Fanatic continued his dominance. Seven innings, three hits, zero earned runs, zero walks, struck out seven. 
Rafael Devers scored the lone run on a wild pitch. No player on either team had an RBI in the entire game. That one run was all the Red Sox needed for a one to nothing shutout. And then finally tonight, Eduardo Rodriguez took the mound, coming off a rough start, pitched six full, five hits, one earned run, uh, walked nobody, struck out seven. J.D. Martinez and uh, Rafael Devers both hit solos. Uh, Ian Kinsler, I think, a sack fly home run. Bullpen got pretty dicey, kind of like playing Russian roulette with extra bullets lately. Bobby Pointer gave up a uh, solo shot to Lord Scurriel. Joe Kelly uh, walked in the tying run on a hit-by-pitch. But in the bottom of the inning, Xander Bogarts hit a double, Stole uh, from second to third and then scored on an error. Kim- Kimbrell got the save uh, for the second night in a row. Final was 4-3. Red Sox complete the sweep. Finally, now we will uh, get into shoutouts and callouts. If you're new to the segment, all three of us are going to shout out a member of the Red Sox who did well and then after... We will call out somebody who pissed us off. So, Dave, why don't you uh, hit leadoff with your shout-out? It's been a reoccurring thing recently, but it's David Price again. No, I'm just kidding. It's Stephen Wright. I just wanted to get Terry going. Stephen Wright has been male since he came back from the DL. He is pitching out of the bullpen. He's not starting. He's comfortable with this role. He's giving us multiple innings a night, and he's not giving up runs and even a lot of hits. They're hitting the ball hard when he hits it, but they're finding gloves. He's not walking a lot of guys. His strikeouts will go up as he gets more comfortable out there and his endurance comes back. But to have such a flexible guy, even though it's a little scary with the knuckleball on paper, but when you watch him play and you have a manager like Cora who's smart, if he goes out there and he just doesn't have it, he's going to take him out. But he can be a valuable weapon down the stretch to give the bullpen some much-needed rest. And in the playoffs, if we need him, especially if we have Erod or Porcello go five innings, you know, four and two-thirds or something like that, he can come out and kind of bridge the gap. So that's my shout-out for the week. It was, it's terrifying having him out there, first of all. <laughs> when that ball's floating in the air, like so many thoughts go through my head, and not one of them is, is going to hit the glove. But, I mean, it's nice to have on your team. It's a unique thing for sure. Uh, I mean, Craig Kimbrell is my shout-out. I mean, he looked too good in two games throughout the two uh, three-game set. Just it's showing improvement and uh, starting to get me more and more encouraged. You know, this team had his number. He blew a couple of saves against them this year. So if he's going to rebound, it was a good a series as any to uh, do that. And he closed out at least two of those games. So... Um, definitely a good series for Kimbrell. Uh, my, yeah. my, uh, shout out will go to Brock Holt for the pinch hit home run last, uh, well, Tuesday night. That's the second time he's had a, an at bat like that late in the game. He did it against the Phillies, uh, which was a solo shot. It was the go ahead run. So, Kind of like him in that role. It's uh, hard to imagine he's going to 
slot into an everyday spot into uh, the month of October, barring uh, Nunez not being too hurt tonight. That's kind of, you know, we're kind of early in that development. But um, he's one of the least selfish guys on the team, just happy to be there. And um, it was nice to see. And I I like the, uh, you know, I like his presence behind the scenes. So um, he gets my shout out. Uh, Who would you like to call out, Dave? I'm going to call out, you know, a favorite of mine, but Sandy Leon. I love Sandy. I really do. I think he's probably the best game caller in the league and a top defensive catcher for sure. But he doesn't have a hit in the month of September. (laughs) It's September 13th. He's in his last 30 days. He's batting .099, which is not good. Not good. It's not an ERA. Not an ERA. It's a great ERA. It's a great whip. It's not a good batting average. In the playoffs, he will be our starting catcher, but he will not see at bats in the seventh inning or later, most likely because he cannot hit the ball. If we're down, if we're tied or up, you're going to see him in there. But if we're down one or two and Swihart and he's up to bat with runners on first or second, runners on the corner, something, Blake Swihart's coming in because we need those runs and Sandy just legitimately cannot swing the bat anymore. I, he swung at a pitch that hit him this series. So he's just really slumping right now. So that's my call out. I love him for what he is, but he just I, he just needs a hit. Just give me one. He's hitting uh, 0.99. In the last 30 days, he was hitting under 100 as of two games ago, and he has yet to get a hit. So so basically he's hitting the dollar menu just about. Yeah, he's hitting the dollar menu. He's batting 184 in 83 games in the year. So... Not very good either there. He does have a stolen base, though, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a stolen base. I guess. I mean, he's going to be in there because of the defense. We all know that at this point. That's why he's in there. He's obviously not in there for his hitting. If we wanted a catcher to hit, I think at this point it would be Blake. Absolutely. He's got to catch Price, and he has to catch uh, Porcello at the very least. So. Right, right. And he's got any pass to catch sale. Yeah, I think it's sale price and Porcello slash Erod could be Swihart, I think. Porcello has just been on and off all year anyway, so I don't I don't even know if it's a Sandy thing at this point. I know his numbers are really good, Sandy, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So my my call out guy that I mean, it's getting concerning. We know he's up and down and up and down and up and down. But that's how Joe Kelly's career has been. Didn't have a good, very good outing tonight. He got out of a jam that he put himself in, but it's just concerning that he gets put in those like situations in the first place. He didn't even get out of it tonight. Right. He got he got lifted after hitting two guys in one inning, including hitting in the tying run. And he had both guys out too, I think, when he hit them. So Kelly, I mean, it's not even the bullpen I'm concerned about. It's just literally the the eighth inning. The eighth inning has some demons for some reason. In the prior life for the Red Sox, they were bad people for the eighth inning because we can't figure it out. And Joe Kelly right now is not the answer. I mean, I guess it's Brazier, Thornburg, slash someone else. But Kelly needs to just get his head right because we're going to need him. You're going to see him in the sixth or seventh inning or situational like Terry says all the time. So he's a part of the bullpen. He was unbelievable the first three months of the season. We just need him to get back to even close to that for the playoff run. Absolutely. I mean, we all love Joe Kelly. 
you know, especially from the Tyler Austin debacle. But the fact of the matter is he's been on this team for since 2014 and can't figure it out. So I, I think he is who he is, you know, purely a situational guy. I think teams will continue to find value in him in that role. But um, I, I don't. I never want to hand him the inning and, and tell him it's his. Uh, my uh, my call out is kind of a weaker one. Um, Eduardo Nunez hit into what should have been a double play, but um, didn't quite leg it out. He legged something because he, he ended up going ass over tea kettle when he got to the base and... Uh, I don't know if he tweaked his knee, his ankle. I haven't checked the reports, but he ended up leaving the game uh, shortly after hitting a double uh, in his next at-bat. And uh, it was his own kind of nonchalantness, for lack of a better term, that kind of got him hurt. If he just hustled it out, he would have reached. So um, we'll get into the third base situation later on, but he's a guy that, you know, we kind of need to have healthy. We kind of missed him last year in the, in the playoffs and it would suck if uh, that were to happen again. So um, getting into the uh, expanded recap now, I guess we'll start off with the fact that the Red Sox for the first time in our lifetime have broken the, 100 barrier what are your thoughts on that love it i mean it's it's very important because if you look at the yankees right now they'd be dying for 100 wins because 100 wins means you can get you win your division you get home field advantage throughout the playoffs and with the stupid all-star game rule gone now going into the world series if you make it there you get home field and that's all very big and important so 100 wins if we get swept in the ALDS, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, it was for nothing. But it does mean something. It means something right now strictly for the fact of just positioning and resting players. Look at Sale. We talked about it the past two or three months. You know, we had the luxury of a eight-game lead, 13-game lead, nine-game lead. And that luxury has given us time to rest players, try different things out, get people up and down. No other team has that right now besides Cleveland. And that's because their division's so bad. It's not even that they're so good. It's that their division's so bad. And the Red Sox have that, and these wins keep stacking on. At this point, it's all gravy. Once we clinch that number one seed, it doesn't matter how many wins we get. But it definitely means something. Austin? Dave nailed it. Yes. You got uh, you to you leave me a little meat on the bone. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, basically... Um, Honestly, I mean, it, it's nice to have a 10-game lead, 10-and-a-half-game lead over the Yankees. Love that. Uh, I wish we could enter the month of October with, like, you know, like a 94-win total, you know, but with the division lead and then, you know, not have some potential stigma attached to this season later on down the road if we do choke. We are a flawed team. We're a deeply flawed team, as we saw tonight with the bullpen. Um, If that's a better team, if that's Houston, we're in there with, with Kelly on the mound with the bases loaded, hitting guys to walk in runs, chances are 
more of those base runners come in and, and we lose the game. So um, I I just don't want to be I don't want to be the Seattle Mariners from from 2001. We're gonna win. I'm guessing at least 108 games or so, maybe 110. And this is gonna be if we don't go all the way. And honestly, I don't think we're gonna. If if I filled out my brackets right now, I wouldn't have the Red Sox all the way at the end. So if we don't go all the way, we're going to be that team like the Mariners until we finally do win. And we have a very uncertain future, you know, with some contracts coming up. And if all goes well, I mean, it, it's not going to be a full rebuild. You know, we're, we're not going to be out of contention for several years like some of these other clubs are. But... But, you know, this is the window. We're getting to the end of the window where we had the most prime opportunity to win another one. And and 100 wins right now is driving my anxiety up. So that's how I feel about it. I hate to be Debbie Downer, but I have a lot of concerns with this team. Man, imagine if we were like, a 500 team right now. Terry would legit like be on suicide watch. I think. Yeah. Holy shit, man! We got 100 wins. We have the best offense in baseball. We have some of the we're the second best rotation in baseball. Our only problem is the eighth inning. I don't think we're as bad as you make it out the seam. Well, you know, um, like I said, you know, when we're talking about Kelly, um, he's pitched a lot of eighth innings. Um, I meant to have the stats up a little bit sooner than this, but he's pitched around 30 innings uh, in the eighth alone exclusively. So has Matt Barnes. Kelly's ERA, I don't know what it is after tonight. I'm assuming it's over six at this point in the eighth inning. Matt Barnes is a 4-11 in the eighth inning. Um, Heath Hembree, surprisingly, is uh, middle threes, but I think we can all agree we're not going to be handing him the ball right now. And I don't really know what Alex Cora is doing right now. I, I don't want an eighth inning reliever by committee. And we have a huge fucking lead right now. And to me, he he's similar to John Farrell in, in that regard where he just doesn't trust a guy. He's unwilling to put a Thornburg in there, a Brazier in there, in a clean inning and and see what happens right now. We have no fucking clue who's going to be getting the ball to Kimbrell. And I know you said, Dave, that you, you like Steven, Wright. I don't like him in the eighth inning. He's, he's going to be one of those heart attack guys. He allows base runners. He very easily could have coughed up that game last night. I think there were two runners on base by the time uh, we got the third out. And I, I like him more in a long relief type guy in a sixth, seventh inning. Maybe yeah, maybe, I, I agree with that. 100%. Maybe that ends up being a Valdi. He showed some life, but we're just game to game here, and nobody has a, a defined role. And it's not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna be holding leads, you know, late in games like this. I just like I said, it's it's like playing Russian roulette with extra bullets in the chamber, and I I'm just. That, that's not good enough for me. And then here's another thing. Our three, four guys, I know Rodriguez looked good in two out of three so far. Um, you know, Toronto was a bad team. The one, the one time he looked bad happened to be against a great team. 
And he's going to be probably our number four starter. Uh, I'm guessing Porcello will be number three since he's a righty. But is Porcello Rodriguez better than Keiko Morton or Carrasco Clevenger? Or if you want to sub out one of them for um, Trevor Bauer? Absolutely not. Oakland, they're injured. You know, they're, um, they've lost Manaya for the next two years. Um, Trevor Cahill likely going on the DL with a back issue. Um, so they've got Fires, Anderson, and Jackson to kind of fill out their um, one, two, three. And Fires has already shut us down. Anderson's a veteran, pitching very well this year. I don't know what to make out of Jackson, but he's certainly pitching better on the season than Porcello and Rodriguez. So both of those guys, Porcello Rodriguez, have been having issues with getting deep into the games, especially Porcello as of late. And then we have the shaky fucking bullpen to come in in the sixth inning to... Because those guys can't get there. I just, I don't like the way it lines up. Here's another one for you. Sandy Leone hasn't hit a, um, a, a, he doesn't have a single hit in September. Well, Mookie Betts doesn't have a fucking home run in September. He's got four fucking home runs in the month of August. So I guess he's finally hitting like a leadoff hitter. His other numbers look great. He's hitting over 300 post All-Star, 400 OBP. Absolutely love that, but his power numbers are down, and they need to come back up. You know, there's a lot of concerns here. I'm not going to anoint this team, and just I know I'm being long-winded, and I apologize for that. But things aren't trending well right now, and we don't have the past precedents in in the month of September with the current players on our roster to justify. A win against the Astros, a win against the Indians, however that series shakes out. And I'm still worried about Oakland, even with their injuries. And Mookie Betts doesn't have a single RBI in the month of October. So it's not just our pitching, it's it's our hitting as well. So I'm pretty concerned. And we're going to win 110 games. And our pants have ended up on the ground the last two postseasons. And... Uh, you know, so that that's that's my state of uh, the Red Sox as we uh, as we wrap up these last couple weeks. Sorry, sorry for the long ass rant, but, <laughs> but uh, David and I are like speechless, like we don't know what to say. It's a good rant, Austin. Would you like to go, or do you want me to go? Uh, go ahead. All right. Um. Yeah. Obviously, there is issues just like every team has issues oakland has the whole who the hell is going to start for them in the playoffs issue the yankees have who the hell is going to start for them in playoff issues the houston astros have the bullpen issues and the the cleveland injury indians have a lineup issue i would say because their starters in bullpen are pretty solid but lineup wise they're not as deep as as other teams for sure the red sox have a eighth inning issue you can maybe even say seventh inning, but middle and long relief were great. You got guys like a Stephen Wright, who was definitely a long relief guy, sixth, seventh inning. You got Avaldi, who showed signs of life and you know throwing almost a hundred out of the bullpen is definitely be good there. You got guys that will be put into the bullpen from the starting rotation, especially in the ALDS. You would get a you know Porcello or Erod in there because they go with the three man rotation in the ALDS for sure. So a lot of options there. You know Kimbrel's going to be there in the ninth. He's got 40 saves this year. 
went through, what, a 10-game rough patch in the entire season, dominated pre-All-Star break, since his little rough patches looked great and did it against teams like tonight you said in you know the Blue Jays who had their number had his number when he was playing well so that's a big that's a big you know upside for him Mookie Betts not hitting home runs doesn't really matter at all he doesn't need to get his power numbers up especially when JD Martinez and the Bogarts are getting the power numbers and that's where you're going to get the most of your home runs for like you've talked about all year you don't like Mookie Betts in the in the one hole because well if he hits a home run, who is he getting RBI for? A guy, a leadoff hitter, you're not expected to get RBIs from anyway. You're expected runs, batting average, OB, OBP. He's doing all that, so he's doing his job. The starting pitching lined up against other teams. I'd put it against Cleveland any day of the week, especially the way we have Carrasco's number. Uh, you know, we always talk about playing against different teams. Boston beats up on Carrasco pretty well, and Sale and Price have been absolutely dominant. Price, especially the last half of the year, and you have Erod, who's at a three four three five ERA, and who was pitching lights out before he went out. So I'll put that up against anybody minus Houston, probably. And yeah, obviously a hundred wins, it will look bad on paper if we lose. But this Red Sox team in two thousand and four had absolutely no business coming back from three down zero and proved nothing. The Chicago Cubs in two thousand and sixteen had absolutely proved nothing after getting swept the year before in the, in the NLCS. The Cleveland Indians making all the way to Game 7 of the World Series proved absolutely nothing in years past. It was just another shitty Cleveland team for so long. My point is that eventually everything breaks. And this Red Sox team is not only special, it is different, it's resilient. They have a very competent competent manager and guys like David Price that have been poor attitude, poor sports, and have been shitty in big moments have been the opposite this year. So... I won't go as long-winded just because, you know, we'll, we'll get it back to Austin, who people might have forgotten he's even on tonight. But just chilling. This, like. this, this team has issues, of course, like every other team in the league. But we have a very, quote-unquote, minor issue compared. Our lineup is set. Our starters are set. Our closer is set. Our middle and long relief is set. One inning is not set currently. Our bench players are set. Our role players are set. Lots of things set where other teams like the Yankees, Oakland, and even Cleveland would kill for Okay, so this is a weird question, right? You know, it's something that I've been wondering. How do you all feel about Sandy being the starter? I mean, basically forfeiting uh, a order spot, in my opinion. Your audio is, needs to be the starter. Your audio is kind of junk right now. <laughs> yeah, it's breaking up. <laughs> as soon as you start talking. And to answer your question while you figure that out, Sandy, I mean, I want him in the lineup. He calls such good game. He's so important. And you can always pitch hit. And when you get, got Cora has been pitching all year. AL games, NL games, doesn't matter. So I think you need to start him. And you play it by ear. I mean, if we're up 4-1 to one going into the seventh, you don't need him. I mean, you don't, you don't Do you, need him back. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah. It's not as good, though. Yeah, it's not that great. One other thing, though. I have to respond one more time about the bullpen situation. Um I don't have all the stats in front of me right now. Ryan Presley on the Houston Astros, I'm going to boldly say, is the best eighth inning guy in Major League Baseball right now. Last I checked, he had a 1.16 ERA. Absolutely lights out. Roberto Ozuna, last I checked, 1.93 ERA. Still no worse than Kimbrell. You know, Kimbrell's had his shaky moments. They're pretty good. I saw a stat earlier. They were uh, number one. 
they had the best bullpen in Major League Baseball in the month of August and September. So um, that's that's not a team I want to really mess with. And um, with Oakland, they have Trinan in the ninth, Familia in the eighth. They can go either uh, Kelly or Rodney in the seventh. Um, their bullpen is yeah, is okay, good. loaded. Yeah, so we're not. We're not going to be getting any leads against either of those teams if we don't have them by the seventh inning. Chances are. Um, well, Houston, we showed that we we were one hit away from taking two games in a row against Houston. We had runners on first and third against Ozuna, and we hit into a double play for JD Martinez to go over five that day. That rarely happens. But we didn't and win before. We didn't win. No, we didn't win. Okay. But I mean, that's like saying it, if, I mean, if the ball go doesn't go through Bill Buckner's legs, you know, the curse ends in '86. I mean, we gotta, you know, we just gotta end it at who did their jobs and who didn't, and we didn't do our jobs that night. So yes, you're you're exactly right. But we've done our job 101 times in the best team in baseball. Then so there's really even no point to go back and forth at that then because we're we've done our job up until this point and we're right. the best. And we didn't. Right. We, we went the whole month of July without, you know, basically facing a team with a winning record, and we got swept by the Rays. Um, lost the who Houston would, series. Who would win the wild card if there was another ten games. In the Ta- we tied with Cleveland. Uh, didn't even face um, Bauer or Clevenger. Uh, both they of didn't whom. Face sale. Well, it's probably a good thing they didn't because they have a ERA of uh, plus fourteen um, in the last couple of years. So, um, so I'm just I'm just reiterating. I'm not comfortable. We're we're standing on different sides of the spectrum right now, so that's fine. We're <laughs> a month from now. It's going to be October thirteenth, and and. Um, God, I hope we're still playing baseball then. We'll know by then. That's uh, <laughs> I hope we're playing baseball. That's uh, not not that far away. Um, and we've Austin, you you did sound better just there, so that's good. And you were yeah, asking yeah, about switched to my yeah, phone, so my bad. You you were asking about Sandy Leone, and we kind of covered okay, that. So, Dave covered it, you know, a minute or so ago, and uh, he has to be in there, you know, for at least three of our four starters. And I don't think it's the boldest assumption ever that he might not string together some hits. Um, <laughs> hopefully, within the next few weeks. And, yeah, uh, no, I, I got you. It's it's just, I mean, I'm sure it's a question that a couple people that don't understand the stats fully, you know, have. So I figured I'd ask it for them. Right. Um. So third base, what's going on? I, we'll just assume for now, uh, Nunez is is going to be healthy enough to do it. Um. I'm. I tweeted out today. I'm a little little kind of miffed that um cora just isn't giving phillips a few more looks we got the benefit of a big lead we put a really shoddy lineup lineup out there tonight and uh would have been a good spot to to uh get a look at him and um i just think it's a matter of due diligence and I don't know. I, I love Nunez. You've heard me say it all year long. <laughs> I do. I, I like the guy. But if Phillips has a chance to be better, I, I'd like to at least confirm or deny whether or not he's going to be viable. There's just there's there's literally three options on the bench at third base, in my opinion, because even Holt can play third base. And when you have Phillips over there and you have Devers over there, 
Devers looked really good in the postseason last year. So, I mean, who's to say that Devers doesn't get the opportunity? Yeah, I mean, at this point, you don't really know. I'm with Terry on the fact that I wish I saw anyone but Nunez there tonight. And it's not even because I don't like Nunez. I think if you're going to throw a lineup and give some guys some rest, what's one more hitter, especially Nunez, who is very up and down? And I would like to see Devers there tonight starting. I would have liked to see Phillips starting there tonight. Is it a big deal at the end of the day? Not really. But the little things, like Terry said, is, is very true. It's just like, you know, we, you, you got the lead. You're going to throw in these different guys anyway. You might as well throw them in there. I mean, Devers looked good coming off the bench tonight. Obviously, he hit an absolute piss missile out of there. But we know that. He's got pop. And defensively, we know he's, you know, he makes the routine stuff look adventurous. And that's a cause for concern from time to time. And Phillips is definitely the veteran. So I think now is going to be a tryout the next couple of days for sure. Not really to see the whole postseason roster. I think if the season ended today, and Nunez was on the DL, they give it to Devers, and if he struggles with Phillips in, I think that's an easier thing to do than flip-flop it and put Phillips in, and if he struggles with Devers in. But I think you'll see some things moving around. You'll probably even see Holt there a few games. Well, I was just about to say, I, I I don't know that Brock Holt doesn't become the default guy, you know, over Phillips anyway. Um, yeah, just for versatility type deals. Yeah, and I want to talk about Devers, but did you want to weigh in, Austin? No, no, Dave. Pretty much, y'all pretty much got it handled. Okay, um, I don't want Devers really playing at this point. I don't. I know. I know he's got the power, and and he went he went deep tonight. And uh, did he get another hit a night or two ago? Um, well, he must have because he was the he got on base. He got yeah, on base. Walker hit. That, yeah, that's what it was. It, uh, I think it was a walk, and yeah, it was a walk, and scored the. Uh, that run uh, during the David Price start. But I look back to 2013 and Will Middlebrooks lost his job, you know, in game three or four of the World Series. I think it was game three, actually, the PV start when they had that infamous um, interference over at third. And and that, that was it for him. And I can totally see Devers botching something or, you know, just a bad throw to first even. I just think he's a huge liability. I was kind of harping on it in the month of June. I'm like, send this guy down. Let, let him get a little more polished. You know, it might have taken four or five weeks, but he could be absolutely raking right now if they handled him the right way. And I don't think they did. And he's just, sometimes he's he's lost at the plate. And, and then other times he, he's a defensive liability. And I just would much rather go with Nunez. And if he's injured... I seriously just put Holt there, you know, in the month of uh, October. I, I don't care what they do with Devers between now and October, but I'm saying, you know, when game one rolls around, there could be some really tight games, and I just I don't want to put him in. A, I don't want to go home because he, you know, he couldn't handle it defensively. Yeah, I would love to see, especially if Nunez is hurt for the next couple games or a couple weeks, I would love to see Devers in there every day and see what he's going to give you. If he's going to hit over 260 and have some pop and get on base a lot and be the Devers of, you know, the end of last year and in October last year, you definitely start him, right, if he shows you something. Defensively, kind of like a Sandy, just the opposite. If we need a hit, we take Sandy out. If we need a defensive replacement, we just take Devers out. You know, 
I don't think I hope that a first you know a first inning error wouldn't ruin the game for us. But seventh eighth inning, if we're up a couple runs, you can simply take Devers out, put Phillips in, put Holt in, put anybody in. Really, Swihart doesn't matter, and you can pinch hit you know and flip guys around like Swihart, who's a switch hitter, and you'll be able to get some pop there as well in a in a situational at bat. But I definitely want to see the kid do something. He showed that he could do something in the playoffs last year. He obviously has some pop, which is nice to have in October, especially at the bottom of your lineup. Defensively, I rest that tonight. He, that Nunez makes 71% of routine plays, basically, at third base, and Devers makes 70%. So Nunez just makes what is a safer bet by 1% on a routine play. Devers' athleticism is better than Nunez, I think. So I think Devers gives us the better shot of stopping a ball and keeping it in front of him. What happens when it goes over to first is you know, different, but I want to see Devers the next couple of weeks if, if Nunez is hurt because I think he could be a weapon and he's going to be on the team for a long time. I think his ceiling's much higher than Middlebrooks, but I totally get the analogy of a guy kind of getting lost in the shuffle and, and moved along. So I hope that doesn't happen for sure. Well, here's a scenario. Can Martinez play outfield during the playoffs or is he a defensive liability and just basically has to be DH. Now, for, for him to go in the outfield, obviously Bradley would have to have horrible numbers against whichever starter we're facing that night. And then the reason I'm asking is because then you could DH Devers at least and and not really have to worry about it. But it, it just seems like no matter which scenario we kick around, we are going to sacrifice uh, some defense. Yeah, I think every team does, too. And I, I don't think J.D. is a liability out there. My only gripe with J.D. is sometimes his uh, lines to the ball aren't that great. But he's yeah, got a good he makes arm. awful lines to the ball. Yeah, he's got a good arm. He gets good jumps, and he can actually catch the ball. So, you know, he's not a gold glover like Mookie. But when it came down to that, J.D. is better in right than Devers is at third. But, you know, when Devers is coasting, he doesn't really have any issues. And, he might sail one here or there, but you know Moreland made him look pretty good this year too. He's made Nunez look good too. So you got gold well, base, which helps out a lot. That's the thing with him, though. We only need him to play like mediocre third base. Yep. We don't need him to be a Gold Glover. We just yeah. Need we don't him... need him to be Beltre. Yeah, exactly. We don't need him to be him to be a vacuum over there. We just need him to be good enough to be able to field most balls that come over there. Yep. So. Yeah, I I have my concerns, but you know. Well, I guess we'll just we'll have to see how it it shakes out. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting when Nunez's injury because that will tell a lot, right? If he's day to day and he comes back in a week, then it's probably even Nunez. But if he's out a month or the rest of the regular season, then he could lose that job. I'm thinking he's probably not going to be that injured because he didn't look bad running to uh, second. He just you know wasn't a hundred percent getting there and. You know, I mean, he, yeah, I think he's going to be out like a week. Honestly, I think he's just going to take you know a series or two off, especially against a bad team coming up with the Mets. They'll probably just sit him, rest him, and he'll be back. But you never know. That knee was bad, and then you know, was it last year that he came back and then injured it again, like right away? Yeah. So, you know, you got to watch out for that too, reoccurring stuff. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully, he he can get hot too. So you know, hopefully, hopefully he's just you know, gets the bulk of the time anyway, and and uh, we don't have to really worry about it. H- how many people can be on the roster? Is it still 25 players during the playoffs? 
I think it's 25. Yeah, yeah I believe it's 25 because okay. you have to reset like reset and freeze your roster. Okay. But you, you can switch it uh, from round to round. And I think if an injury yes. happens, I think they can you can immediately um, add someone as long as it's Yeah, a, you can fill the position if it's injured, injury. But yeah. he has to be out the rest of the way. Yeah, he can't time. come back. Yeah, he can't come back that oh, round, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah. Because well, you reset him after every round. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, at least we're clear on that. Um, Another thing, too, this uh, is just a general thing. Um, J.D. Martinez, only 11 home runs since the All-Star break. He hit one tonight, and he either he tied or took the lead in home runs. Um, Uh, He tied. He tied it. Crush still has 41, too. Okay. So it's just an interesting, uh, interesting stat. I did notice, though, um, he doesn't always go to the opposite field anymore. That's where his home run went tonight. But we've seen him hitting, you know, whether it's line drives or balls off the monster or even, you know, over the monster. He's starting to use that side a little more now. But that does coincide with his drop in home runs. He had 29 before the all-star break and uh, 11 or 12 since so um it's just it's just an observation he's still hitting for average as is mookie but be nice if you know if the balls uh you know ended up in the seats you yeah know. he's actually uh did you hear his quote the other day after uh it was like two games ago about him sucking no what did he say <laughs> so so he said uh, it was after his last home run, or I think it was, or his last like double off the wall, whatever. And they said, oh, whatever, you know, you got a big hit tonight. And he's like, yeah, I finally stopped sucking. I hit the ball in the air tonight. And <laughs> somebody went over his stats the last like 12 games. He's batting like 330. And he was just, they were just like, oh, God, I hope he doesn't slump like that again, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, but yeah, he, his, he's a perfectionist. Yeah, exactly. His home runs have gone down, but his OPP is actually higher post all-star break than it was pre so and his slugging percentage is down 45 points but his ops is only down 0.20 points so basically what i'm saying is that he's hitting more doubles basically and just not hitting home runs and that's why he was saying he's been sucking is because he's been putting balls off the monster balls off the monster or hitting them in gaps for doubles instead of putting over the monster or, or into the bullpen and that's just a little tweak he'll get that around but even if the month of october comes around and if he's hitting 330 with a 400 OPP and an OPS of a thousand. I'll take it, even if it's a couple doubles instead of a home run here or there. Yeah. But it is an observation. Definitely, he's gone down in home runs, but I think it's just because of that. And it's funny because he's gone down in them, and, and Xander's picked it up in the home run department. So it's good they kind of flip flopped. Right. Um, let's talk about uh, Ben Attendee a little bit. Uh, a little salty last night. Um, competitive, Terry. It was competitive. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Oh, I, like, I know you didn't. I absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah. He's a 24-year-old kid. Oh, I don't care if he was 34. The things I've said to refs and umpires would get me arrested. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? At the, at the end of every game, and all the players, but at the end of every game I've ever played in life or any championship or whatever, I've always shook the hands and said good game. And, you know, you flip a switch when you're on the field and – you know, go by and get a competitive edge and, you know, let somebody know or just, you know, kind of talk a little shit. I love it personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I do too. I mean, it shows that he's competitive, number one. And number two, it kind of shows that this actually means something to him. It's not just a job. 
Well, I don't. It's a huge deal to me. I don't want many Bryce Harper in in the Red Sox clubhouse. You know, I I just I don't think that that if that's just a, an isolated thing and that's not what he's like, then okay, fine. But I mean, there were reports last year at the height of the Eckersley Price controversy that that Benintendi follows Price around like a puppy dog. That was uh, that was how Lou Merloni uh, described it, and. I just it made me a little nervous, and you know we're starting to see a, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder this year, and he backs himself up in, in big moments a, a little bit better than Price, as we have seen in the postseason. So that's good. But like I said, I, I just I've always been a critic of Harper, and I don't care what his numbers are, what he could do for this team. I'm just not interested in him, and I don't want Ben Intendi to take after him and for everybody who gets on me i've been called a racist for hating price <laughs> for my level of hatred of david really? price yes absolutely and but you hate everybody that's equal. wild but, i think you hate more yeah, white people like, you hate more white people than black people but, I think. yeah well the salt is equal well what i'm saying is i will i will hate ben intendi as much as i hate david price you know if he's pulling off these charades and and so I, I just wanted to say that, you know, I, I want it on record in case it's, uh, you know, becomes a bigger issue. Uh, yeah. Later on, Is it but... a thing that you don't like, like, you just don't like the trash talk in general? Like, like, je- like, je- like if David Ortiz did that, you know, would you have been that upset? Is it just like a, just a young guy thing? Like what, what's your deal with it? Well, I think, I, I don't think David Ortiz would have said that. And I, I think that's why David Ortiz is, is larger than life to me. Um, there's a difference. I, that was, that, that was poor sportsmanship is what that was. Now, Rugnet Odor knocking out Jose Bautista, that's gamesmanship. That's, that's two guys colliding in an intense moment, and neither one was going to give, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, I, I don't want the poor sportsmanship. Um, I forget the shortstop's name. I don't think it's Solarte, but he made a he made a great play, and you know that should have been the end of it. Yeah, I think Solarte was playing second. Okay, so he, he muffed that ball tonight really bad. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's that's kind of where I come from uh, on that. Um, no, no, that's fine. I just didn't know where your head was at with it in general. I didn't really, I didn't really know like uh, if it was like a, a baseball purist thing or like a young guy don't be cocky thing. I didn't really know. It, yeah, it was a, it was poor sportsmanship, and I just I didn't like it. Didn't impress me. Um, you know, and then when you get to the bat tossing stuff, I'm, I'm not crazy about it, but you know, there's there's bigger problems in baseball than that. Yeah, so I, sure. I typically, I also, I also love bat flips. Yeah, so I don't, I'm not going to take a strong stance on that one way or the other, but um, you know, typically it's just you know it doesn't really impress me. But let's put it let's put it this way: it's the first time that he's done anything to make anybody raise an eyebrow. Yeah, that's for sure. A little bit. I mean, I've seen him kind of mouth off to umpires. He does. You know, he does it to umpires every now and then. And yeah. That's yeah. Like I mean, who screwed over? Yeah. Who doesn't though? Yeah. Everyone does. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. I just, like I said, I just wanted to get it down. So next time something bad happens, you guys can be like, "Oh, Terry's gonna flip out on the next show," and, and then I probably will. <laughs> well, next time. Well, next something. Next time something bad happens and you tweet about, it, I'm gonna say, "See, he's not racist. He was hating Ben Attendee two months ago." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fine. 
you know, Twitter is a, it really is a toxic area. I just had a, a friend on there get, get banned, I guess forever. Twitter's gotten really hardcore about it. And he, he, he kind of tweeted out by saying, you know, I'm, I'm about to get banned and, you know, people suck, blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to tell him, be, be like, dude, you're never going to take more shit than I take. And I think I, I think I do all right. You know, I every now and then I'll retaliate, but for the most part I don't. And and he got he got banned forever. So, um, so yeah. Uh, one other thing too um, that I kind of meant to bring up earlier. Game one, we're obviously going to have the luxury to set it up however we want. Is Chris Sale? the automatic game one starter now. I mean, is that really the best way to go from a strategic standpoint? What are you uh, alluding to, Terry? Who else could be the game one starter? <laughs> yeah, who, who would you rather it be? I don't have my mouth washed next to me, guys, so don't make me <laughs> don't make me say price. Uh, but um but here's the thing, and you know, even from a price hater standpoint, it's more valid than you think. Like if you're going to be down 0 to 1, like, if we lose the first game, I guess is what I'm saying, do you want Chris Sale or David Price pitching the second game? Like, who gives us the best chance to tie it at that point? Because I think yeah, you no, have I to mean, consider it's, it's that. A, yeah, no, it's a good consideration to where Sale's health is, right? If he only throws six innings his next three starts and is legitimately, like, wild, you know, his velocity's still down, you know, it's very, very easy to see. Be like, you know what? Price has been dealing. Sale's been hurt. Let's just put. Let's just try and sneak out game one, win normal, and then you got Chris Sale in game two. Good luck. Absolutely, it's not. It's not a bad thing to do. But if Sale comes back and pitches, you know what is he supposed to pitch? Th- awesome. What's his next uh, pitching thing supposed to be? I think it's uh, he's Cleveland. supposed to pitch three, and then uh, three he has to pitch twelve innings in the next. Uh, he has to pitch fifteen innings in the next uh, three starts. Okay, to get the ERA title thing. Well, yeah. qualify for the ERA title. So, if he pitches three innings coming up and pitches great and then goes back and pitches six and pitches well, then his final start of the year, if he pitches six or seven and pitches well again, you know, under, quality starts. You don't even have to give me, you know, you know, shutouts and one run. Give me quality starts. I'll pitch him at game one. But if he struggles or he's sore or they take him out of a game early, I have no problem going with David Price game one and giving Sale a little extra time and a little less pressure. And I think he does well at pressure anyway. So, if Price blows it, and he's down 0-1, I, I don't mind Sale coming in. I think he's got a good attitude for it. What if I told you on opening day there's a possibility that David Price could start game one of the postseason? Would you freak out? Yes. God. Uh, yes, but not for hating Price. It'd be like, what the fuck's wrong with Chris Sale? Yeah, that would happen to Chris Sale. Yeah, because if you look at Price from when he came back off the DL last year and his numbers now, and you add them all up, he's been a legitimate number one or two on every single team in the MLB, including what he did in the playoffs last year. It wasn't his choice not to start. He openly admitted he wanted to start last year. Farrell didn't start him. So he came out of the pen, flexible in a different role, and crushed it. So I wouldn't be all head over heels like, oh, no, it's David Price. We're going to lose 18 to nothing. I'd be like, uh, yeah, Sale's competent, but shit, like, what's wrong with Sale? Yeah. I and I, I'm just I'm I already have it as a loss. Whatever game it is, we're you know I just I don't I don't like it. And against Oakland, Price 
in the seventh inning uh, gave up the, uh, I think, the go-ahead run to um, Chris Davis earlier in the year. So, um, And Price, after reading some stuff this week, he's got a seventh inning problem in the postseason. And he had a seventh inning problem. Who was it against? Very recently. Um, left runners uh, on, and it got. Uh, was that that wasn't this series? No, it was the series before this. And those runs came in because Brazier couldn't hold them. Ended up being a tie game. It was the Houston series. The Houston series. Okay, and and then it happened against the Yankees in the. I think it was the series we swept them and then but then the Red Sox ended up winning in extras or something like that. They they ended up winning, but those were both seventh inning um situations where he allowed multiple base runners left the game and then the you know the incoming reliever couldn't couldn't hold them. So hopefully Cora has that in mind uh, as we approach that month and I hate this bullpen. I would rank this bullpen as I did earlier. I don't know if you saw that tweet, but I, I haven't ranked number number five out of five. So I just I just don't I don't know. I, I'm just not comfortable with it. I think Brazier needs a clean inning for sure. I don't want him coming in anymore. He's got a 1.65 ERA, so all the runs he's giving up are inherited then by the looks of it. Yeah, he uh, he needs a clean inning. A guy like Hembry obviously can come in and and uh, be that you know mixed guy. I think Kelly needs a clean inning as well, Barton. or at least a clean like not even a clean inning, just like, no base runners, right? Like if he comes on like he kind of did tonight, where you know nobody on, one out, two out. I think he's all right, but you know I, I need when it comes to base runners, I don't want to put Kelly or Brazier in. Yeah, Barnes tends to be a good guy in that yep. scenario. So, yeah, Barnes. I'm just hoping he's healthy, basically, at this point. Because I wouldn't mind Henry and Barnes runners on, and then Thornburg and Brazier as your clean inning guys. Yeah, and I said in a live stream yesterday, I'm trying to you know do that to kind of get that account out there. But what I would do, you know, and this is getting away from the rotation again, but I would I would give Brazier an inning, whether it's the seventh or eighth, and then give Thornburg the other one, and then just see how they do with their respective innings over the course. I think we got, what, four or five series left. Just see how they do over the course of those games, and then whichever one performs better, that's my eighth inning guy in October. And then the other one just slots in wherever wherever it's appropriate. But, but – you know, Thornburg's been successful in the past. He had yeah, like yeah. a 2.15 ERA as a closer. And then the season before that, he wasn't the closer, but he had good numbers. He was lights out in the eighth. He was yeah. really good. So, you know, that's a guy to look at. Brazier, I'm still semi-positive on. He's a candidate, but Hembry, Kelly, Barnes, um, those three, they've been around a long time. There's no mystery to them whatsoever. We know who they are, and they're not eighth inning guys. Pointer, I, I love the kid. I, I always want him to do well, but I just don't know. There's just not enough time left to really, to really get him squared away. Um, Pomeranz, don't even know if he's going to be on the postseason roster. Um, I hope not. He I'll and need him. Cor, Alex Cora gave that guy every chance 
to succeed. Everything. And, and in every role, too. Exactly, and he couldn't do it. Um, Velasquez, nope. he's actually starting. We're going to get into the Mets uh, preview in a minute, but um, it hasn't looked great in a while, and I know he's kind of been jerked around in different roles and, and whatever, but not sure really how he, he fits in. And I think um, Avoldi and, and Wright end up being, you know, multiple inning guys but. yeah i think so too with that and i think cora has a plan here i think that if the season ended today he has his guys in the back of his mind whether it be a thornberg brazier you know kelly thornberg kelly brazier kelly whoever i think he has his guys if the, if you know guns ahead right now who's your seventh eighth inning guy go i think he has it i think he's literally just trying everything now to see what he's got going into it so he can give himself a little bit of another like, oh, this guy was good last month, or this guy's good in this situation, or, you know, this guy's rested, and I know he's good in this situation. So I think Cora's pretty smart. I think he plays a long long ball game. So I think he has an idea of what he wants to do. I think he's just trying different things, which the luxury of the lead, like we talked about, definitely helps out with that. Uh, any final thoughts, Austin, before we uh, get into the preview? No, let's get to the Mets. Okay. The Mets. Um. We are going to face their two aces uh, starting on Friday. I'm excited. Yeah, we like, could lose this bad. series. Like, we could lose those two games. One we could get swept. We could get swept, and the series could be three to nothing. Like, each game could be one nothing swept. Yeah. And I don't think I'd even be mad because of how good these pitchers are. It's all we about the bats. see some good pitching. It's all, yeah, about, it's all the about the bats, bats. to me. Yeah, yeah um, I agree for sure. The center guard. The NL Cy Young. Yep. Which is cool. We do get to see that. Hopefully, right. the AL Cy Young's pitching that day, too. Um, Hopefully. It's, they, he, he has started he, there. He, he, he is, but it's it's only going to be a few innings. Um, yeah. Which is a bummer because I'd w- almost love to see, even if it's E Rod against DeGrom, I'd just love to see some kind of a pitcher's duel if it could materialize like that. But. There's nothing better in sports than a pitcher's duel. Yeah, I love it. I hope for the Red Sox sake that DeGrom just gets blown up in both sale and DeGrom only go three innings. Yeah. That would yeah. be great. But that's, but that's not, that's not going to happen. So, it's not I mean, realistic, but... Yeah, no, it's not. That's not going to happen. But a weird a weird series. You got three different game times and a three-game set with, you know, a different range of pitchers. You got Syndergaard and DeGrom, who are unbelievable. You got... Sale, who's unbelievable. You got Porcello, who's good, and you got Velasquez, who's a giant question mark. So a very weird series, right? And you know, it's just crazy that they're so bad when Syndergaard and, and Degrom were healthy for the most part, unlike the last yeah, couple years. It, yeah, and Wheeler was good this year, and Matt's was good this year. Yeah, Matt's hitting dingers. Yeah, Matt's hitting pitchers who rake. You know, that's a thing. I mean. To, to not stray away too much into Mets, you know, fantasy land there. But Dave and I could go for hours. Yeah, with the Mets. Oh, God, the Mets. But, I mean, you got to give game one to the Mets and you got to give game two to the Sox because Porcello at at home against, they don't even know who they're throwing yet, I don't think. And I, I feel like that's what it is. Velasquez is probably not going to do well and Syndergaard's probably going to uh, like mow us down. Yeah, I just, I mean,. It'd be really encouraging to see guys like Kinsler and Bradley hit these guys because we're gonna 
we're going to need them to be semi-productive in, in the month of uh, October. And you showed me that stat earlier uh, comparing him to what was it Harper or who was it? Who are we talking about? You sent me a picture via text uh, and Bradley. Oh, about JBJ? Yeah. Yeah, JBJ in, his, in the last three months, which is half the season, has a better batting average. What is it? Batting average, OBP, slugging. And OPS. Uh, yeah, and then WRC, then Lindor, and right behind Stanton, and a better batting average than Stanton in the last three months. Right. So, I mean, and like I said, we, we faced a lot of bad teams. So to, to see him in a series like this upcoming one, if he handles, um, you know, Syndergaard and DeGrom, my, my confidence would, would rise a little bit. But, um, you know, typically he's not, uh, you know, he's not a, a big-time hitter in, in big games. So, um, I don't know. I just I would just like to see see the bottom half of the order do something here. Kinsler as well, and uh, I'm assuming Nunez won't be in there. But yeah, yeah, yeah be, I mean, I gotta get the whole lineup going for sure. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's so much that could be said, and I, I could get into the Mets too a little bit, and you know they're front office is kind of interesting right now. Uh, I'd be curious to see if Ben Sherrington ends up there and Mark Shapiro apparently is going to be considered and and the weird thing is they're both in Toronto, you know, and so Sherrington's going to possibly compete against his boss for that job and um I I don't know. It's it's uh it's an interesting organization that like the Red Sox is going to have to make some tough decisions here coming up. Um, one other thing too, um, I don't think Sale should get the Cy Young, even if he does cross the, the threshold. I mean, I'm just, Verlander's had a good year. And, and in my opinion, I mean, I think it's Blake Snell. That if is, it's not, if, if it's not Sale, then I, it's going to be Snell, Kluber, or Verlander. I think that'll be the three finalists. Snell could definitely get it, but he spent time in the DL, DL as well. Yeah, uh, as did Snell. Kluber. Only has twelve more innings than uh, yeah. Uh, Sale. I think if Sale hits the mark and he and gets the ERA stuff, I think he gets it. And I think he deserves it. He would be at over two hundred and twenty-one strikeouts. That's where he's at right now. I'm assuming he gets another strikeout at some point. Uh, he's at a one nine six ERA. He'd be around a two. He would start twenty-seven games. And have at the moment seventeen quality starts, a thirteen K through nine. I mean, his whips up point eight five. He he's just been dominant. So I would give it to him if he hits the mark, just because of how hurt everyone's been. Bauer's been hurt. Kluber's been hurt. I mean, Snell's been hurt. Is the opener things uh, those starts as well? Like, does that count as a start? Because I mean, he's only had yeah one yeah. start since the All Star break, and yeah, that was whoever Baltimore. Throws the first pitch starts. Yep. Uh, yeah, right. count from the book is a start. Uh, well, I, yeah, I'm just like I said, he's he's had one true start since the All Star break, so I just I just I have a hard time with that. Like it's, I don't know. I I wouldn't even feel good if I was him receiving it. To be honest with you, I just I'd go. I didn't realize uh, um, what's his name Snell was that close, but maybe that's because 
Well, I, actually, I don't think they even use an opener for him. I think he does start the game. So. No, he starts yeah, his he, own games. Yeah, yeah, he starts his own games. He's like the only guy. So I don't, I don't know if you go. I, I don't. Kluber got rocked in his last start, so I don't know what that did to his numbers. So maybe, maybe Verlander becomes the guy. They're, they're actually skipping a Kluber start because nobody really knows why. Probably the same reason that we thought that they were skipping sale starts. But Kluber's going to miss a start here soon. I mean, Bauer's basically out for the year. There's not a lot of good options. You know, that's that's my biggest thing. Well, they got and David and I talked about this the other day and. Why not give it to Edwin Diaz? Like he's yeah, having a historic really season for a closer. True. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be against that. I know it, it's not common, but but that's fine. If the Dom's get the NL. Yeah, he'll he'll get that for sure. Yeah, I'm not even even if he gets doesn't even matter what he does from here out. I don't think, but um yeah i don't know it's just interesting chris and i were talking about it earlier via text and you know he doesn't he doesn't think sale uh should get it but yeah and i also chris i well actually though in his defense i uh i don't did you guys see those rankings i did of the playoff teams in the yes yeah so he had absolutely no problem with with any of it really and the yankees i ranked really low on a lot of those and just Totally cool. <laughs> He's like, I, I can't argue with any of it, he said. So um, I, I think he was being fair. And, and like I said, I, I, I don't think he should get it. I'm not going to complain. You're not going to see me go on a Twitter tirade if, if Chris Sale gets the uh, Cy Young. But um, it's just kind of a weird year. And, uh, you, you know, we'll talk, uh, you know. It's like, it's like the year in hitting when, when uh, Verlander won the MVP. Yeah, over Ellsbury, who was probably juicing anyway. So good for Verlander. Yeah, 100% that year. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? If they win Sunday, I will be shocked. Yeah, well. I know I, I shouldn't say that about a 101-win team, but. Well, well I mean. Yeah, it's all situational for sure. Are we going to roll out a full lineup? Is it going to be Brian Johnson and Evaldi afterwards? Is Sale going to go three? Is he going to go one? It's. It's all, you know, how it is. But well, I think the Sox take two out of three of the series. I, I think they end up winning the Syndergaard start. But I don't think I do it's too. because of Syndergaard. I mean, I don't think it's because we beat up on Syndergaard. I think we're just going to get to the bullpen. I think we win the Porcello start. I think we lose the Grom start. Evoldi is pitching on Tuesday, so it's probably pretty unlikely um, that we'll see him on Sunday. Oh, so, so it'll be a Brian Johnson kind of pick up then, which makes sense if Sale goes three. Johnson goes three or four, and then bullpen. So that makes sense. Or Pomeranz, but yeah. What did, no. <laughs> yeah. What a change of pace going Sale to Johnson. Yeah, right? Yeah. And the other thing with Sale, and we'll do the power rankings in a second, but I've really had some serious second thoughts about giving this guy a long-term deal. Like, is is this is this gonna, is this the new normal for him? Does he need time off? Because like I said, we're not going to have the benefit of a 10-game lead every single year. I mean, we might be three games out of the lead at this point, and, and so we need, we're need we going to need our ace. And my, my whole line of thinking in, in the last six weeks or so is a lot different because we were saying, you know, it's a phantom injury, and – but I don't know that it really is at this point. I mean, who knows with this front office? 
it, it came out of nowhere. He was lights out. He had a, and still probably does have a point two zero something ERA in his last eight starts slash games, whatever you want to call them. So it, this whole thing came out of nowhere. It's a weird situation, but. I just, you know, we're still dealing with the Hanley thing. That comes off finally, but we still have Sandoval next year. Um, just one more year after that. Yeah, and Castillo, I guess, for a little while. And I'm just, I'm so done with bad contracts. And, you know, you're starting, there's been this whole new shift now. We, we just saw it in the last free agency series. Teams value players a lot differently than they did as recently as three or four years ago. So I, I just I don't know how it's gonna shake out, but um, I'm definitely less I'm not, comfortable with it. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it yet. We'll see this off season if he needs surgery or something. But barring any surgery or event or any you know Tani thing, like oh yeah, has a great two UCL strain and had plasma rich injection, and he's gonna need Tommy John in a couple of years. Like that's gonna happen. Barring any of that, I'm very comfortable giving him the money, especially with. Porcello coming off the books in after 2019. I don't think he gets re-signed here. He makes $21 million. Chris Sale is going to make $15 million next year. If you just combine those two people, I'd rather have just Chris Sale on the team for the long haul than Chris Sale and Porcello. So that's the way I'm looking at it. Pomeranz also $8.5 million off the books. So, you know, do you want Pomeranz who sucks, a Porcello who's going to give you a 4-2, 4-3 ERA, and sale at $12 million, or would you rather keep sale, lock them up long-term, dump Porcello, dump Pomeranz? I'm okay with dumping both of those to keep sale. And the money doesn't change. Like, the books still say the same, because 21 and 15 is what you'd be working with if you dump Porcello and kept sale at his $15 million next year, plus giving him Porcello's $21 million, which would come out to $36 million a year which would probably be overpaying for him, but you could afford it without anything else hurting the team. Well, with Porcello, I don't think he's going to get a four-year deal, and I don't think he's going to get $20 million a year. So, um, No, I agree, but I don't think he ends up back on this team in general. I think Erod's going to take over that number three spot. You have David he's going to wind up somewhere like Texas. Yeah, yeah, he'll end up on a team that's like dead average, probably, or you know, he could even end up on a team like Milwaukee or something. You know, a team that could use a solid three or four guy. You know, depends Cubs. what he wants his role to be, basically. Yeah, he could he could be a perfect Chicago Cub. He's he really like, going to be a Doug, Doug Fister type guy is probably you know where he's headed. Yeah, yeah, um, amazing that they both came from Detroit. Yeah, right. they did. But also, though, I just, I mean, sales 29, I just can't see him being, you know, at 33, 34. I mean, it's just, it's a huge mystery, and it just seems like a long shot. Remember Johan Santana? I just, oh, yeah. I just see. I he was see, a Met. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was a Met. I just see game, that right? happening to him. And, yeah, he was a twin, too, I mean, before that. Yeah, he was a twin for a long time. Yeah. But I'm just a little concerned, I guess. But we got to see how next season plays out. Um, Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I got to see how next season goes and this offseason goes for sale for sure. And then definitely reassess. Right. All right. Power rankings right now. We'll get through them, you know, for those still with us. Um, We're each going to give our uh, top three. We're not going to dive into it too intensely. Um, Some of it may have already been covered anyway. Um, but, uh, let's go, Dave. Who's your, I already know, but who's your, uh, who's your American league team? 
Uh, do you want me to go one through three or just give you one? Uh, you know what? Yeah, go one through three. That's fine. Uh, one through three is going to be Sox, Houston, Oakland. Yep. I still think the – I mean, I think the Red Sox are the best team in baseball still. And obviously they have their flaws, but every team does. I think Houston's been playing really well recently. They went on that big seven-game you know, win streak. They did take two out of three from us, even though we were probably hit away from either sweeping or taking two out of three from them. But we didn't get it done. So, you know, they're obviously right there behind us and could easily flip-flop. I think Oakland's better than New York for sure. And we talk about Cleveland all the time. We talk about strength of schedule all the time. Cleveland's had a cakewalk all year, and I think Oakland is better than them. Now, with all these injuries, it might change. But for right now, that's my top three in the American League. Mine's the exact same. It's just... Uh, one and two are flip flopped just because of the simple fact that Houston's nine and one in their last ten and just on fire. Yeah, and Plus I, they took two out of three from us. So yeah, no, I don't. I don't mind flipping it either way. It could it could honestly go either way. And I think they've. If you go further, it's probably like I don't know, like twelve out of their last fifteen or something like that. Maybe like fourteen yeah, out of between seventeen. Between them and Oakland, they've lost. I think. But at a combined their last thirty games, I think they've lost something like five games. Yeah, and they played each other like twice yeah. during that time too. Yeah, they're right. I mean, they're even in their last ten. I mean, Houston's nine and one, Oakland's eight and two, and the Sox are seven and three. So no one's struggling in that department. And the Rays are eight and two. Just to even say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah just for just for good measure. Just for good measure, because the Yankees are four and six. I have it how Austin has it. I I go Houston one, uh, Boston two, and I think you can even make a case to put uh, Oakland above Austin, uh, Boston, but I, I didn't do it. Um, so Houston, Boston, Oakland. I think Houston is the most complete team right now. Um, great lineup, maybe the best rotation in in the American League, and um, I like their bullpen. I think their bullpen is sneaky good. Presley scares me. I had no Presley, idea. Presley scares me. I'm okay with pretty much everybody else besides McHugh. They've gotten and, better with Ozuna. It helped out a lot to fill that one hole they had because they were similar to the Red Sox where they had a big hole in their bullpen. And Ozuna kind of fixed that because Ken Giles is an absolute mental case. Right. Yeah. And McHugh is a, it could be a long guy, right? Multiple yeah, innings. McHugh's going to wind up being a long guy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what about McCullers? Uh, do you, is he going to? I don't. I he's don't coming back uh, this week. I okay. think. Okay, so he could um, he could potentially be a long guy as well. Yeah, so they're yeah, yeah. they're loaded uh, as far as I'm concerned. Like they they have a lot of of decent options, and we're we're just hoping to. You know, figure it out. The Red Sox. We're we're just hoping Brazier's the guy we think he is, and maybe Thornburg gets a little bit better. But but I just man, Houston. They're not having the hangover that that most teams have after winning the World Series. We're seeing it with the Dodgers. Uh, the Cubs kind of had it last year after winning theirs. Uh, Indians. Yeah. Before getting back to form, at least. Yeah, yeah, and they they were injured too, so that's kind of what yeah. helped. You know, it wasn't so much a hangover. So, um, at least you know, fortunately, you know, we'll get to play them in a seven game series. Um, you know, further down the line, if if it works out. But um, and another thing, I did check up on Trevor Bauer. He might possibly pitch a. Um, bullpen session on Wednesday so 
Um, that doesn't sound good, even though. They're, they're going to try and get him back for sure. They need him. Well, what I'm wondering with – none of us have Cleveland in the um, top three, but um, – No. But can they just use Bauer as a long guy in the ALDS as part of his just conditioning to, to get to he's, a start? He, he's Tito. Of course they can. Yeah, oh, yeah, they definitely can. Will they? Is he able to? Is he healthy enough? That is a time to tell type of thing. Yeah, it's a. It was a stress or hairline fracture or something. Um, I, I'm I'm fairly confident he will be back, but I just don't know of the role. And we have we have Carrasco's number, but he is having a good year against everyone else. And um, Kluber, you know, maybe getting some rest right now. I just. And Clevenger, he's got an ERA in the low to mid threes last I checked, so he's having a good yeah, year. Yeah, I think it's like a three three or three two eight. Yeah, he's having a really good year, career year for him. So I'm just, I, I think, I, I don't think that Bauer is going to be too critical, and if he's a long guy, then <laughs> yikes. And uh, one other thing too, uh, Cody Allen seems to be kind of turning it around. I, it looks like Brad Hand has been closing some, so I don't know which guy's going to actually do it, but. Allen has not given up an earned run so far in the month of September after that rough patch last month. So, um, it'll yeah, be Allen's a, a better setup guy than a closer. It'll be interesting to see yeah. how how Francona slots it and and if Miller uh, is healthy uh, as well. So, um, and then uh, like, we, like we said with uh, Oakland, they're uh, kind of you know they, they've lost Manaya and. Hopefully, for their sake, the uh, Cahill um, injury isn't a long-term thing. But, uh, yeah, the NL is a little more interesting. I, I have a feeling. Yeah, our, I have a feeling all of ours will be different. Yeah, yeah. So uh, why don't you uh, lead off again, Dave? Uh, right before I lead off, I just got to give a shout-out to the San Francisco Giants, who are 0 for 11, <laughs> yeah, 0 for 11 in their last 11 games. I the saw people that. that just got the 2011 All-Star team out there. So shout-out to San Francisco. Continue sucking. Uh, my power ranking all becomes from, well, almost all from the Central. Chicago Cubs, number one. The Colorado, Colorado Rockies, number two. And the Brewers, number three. Yeah. All right. That's a that's a good list. I mean, it's not what I have. No way I do I have. I the Brewers and, Brewers and, Rock, and Rockies, but I just did the Rockies just because they're winning their division. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean... I have Milwaukee at number one, which is I guess I don't know if it's a hot take, but they just kind of handled the Cubs in this yeah, setting, it's not setting a hot take the weekend. No, nah, uh, then I have I have the Braves number two. That's they won. Take. They've won five in a row. I know that they don't look great, but for some reason I think this this team is going to win a playoff series. I know that's a hot take, obviously, but uh, I really believe it. And then number three, I have the Cubs. So. All right. They're going to figure out. They have too many veterans not to figure it out. I have. I do have Milwaukee number one, even though they're technically uh, in a wild card spot at the moment. I went Rockies. They look really good. Yeah, everything's clicking. Exactly. Yeah, they look really good. Eight and two in the last ten. And I, I think they can even win the division. I think they're only a game and a half out, or something like that. Or is it two yep, and a half? Game and a half on the dot. Yeah, I'll be there actually uh, on Tuesday. Oh yeah, you will. Yeah, um, so them number one, 
Uh, I like Colorado number two. I think they're getting hot at the right time. Um, I don't know what their last ten looks like, but the, seven and three, seven, seven and, and three. three yeah. yeah, so they've been winning pretty good. And I did put Atlanta a uh, number three. Um, I do Austin. I I have a hard time giving them a playoff series. I just think they're they're up and down and. They really were set up really good against us. I mean, we had like basically a, a bullpen day, one of them, or I don't know if that was the Avaldi start. Yeah, talk about a team with a bad bullpen. Something like yeah, and yeah. then and that's why we beat them. So um, yeah. I just I, I have a hard time giving them uh, you know a, a series win in the playoffs. Did they they just did play Colorado though, and one of them killed the other one. Uh, well, they lost to the Rockies four to two in Game One of that series, Maybe. and then they—I lost it. I don't know where it went. Yeah. Oh, uh, they played them in August. They played them last month, and they got swept. The Braves in did? four games. Yeah, they got swept okay. in four games set by Colorado last month, and exactly that, a month ago. And that's the that matchup, course. though. It's going to be no, in Atlanta. Oh God. It's going to be the the NL East playing the NL West, like we know that. Well, actually. And Philly's what? dead. Philly is dead, yeah. Philly's dead. I just, I mean, I think Atlanta has some great starters, and they have a good lineup. They have an actually bad bullpen. Like, the Red Sox bullpen is, like, shaky, but Kimbrel's Kimbrel, and they do have pieces there. But Atlanta just has a bad bullpen. And they were so desperate at the deadline that they traded for an unhealthy Darren O'Day. Yeah, exactly. And And Brad Brock as well. Yeah. yeah, I just don't see them beating a central team in a playoff round. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I think the central is going to play the wild card. I guess I – well, the Cubs, yeah, the Cubs have like – they're three up in the win column on Atlanta. Well, yeah, I guess so then. So can, can the Braves beat the Rockies? I don't think so. Right. Exactly, and we don't know that the Dodgers won't find a way to, I don't know, work some magic. I hope not, but I It'd just... It'd be tough with no Jansen. He's out for the year. Oh, is he again? Okay. Yeah, he his, he's done for the whole year, so they don't have their... Their bullpen struggled when he wasn't there, and now they don't have him back, so I'm kind of yeah, counting them out. Now Alex Wood's pissed about being in the bullpen. Yeah, they're, they're kind of in shambles over there. That team is just fucked right now. I, that's... It's an L.A. team, like, ear to ear. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And for the Rockies, though, I I love that for the city of Denver to be relevant right now, and and it's a lot like Oakland. Yeah. Yeah, they are exactly rocking, just like last year. And yep. The Cubs too. I have heard that they have some bullpen issues, though. Uh I didn't. Someone just get hurt tonight in their bullpen. I don't know. Well, they they, they just Strope. Well, no, who yeah, was it? It might have been Strope, actually. Is Strope still in the, in the Cubs, right? In their bullpen. Yeah. Yeah, he got hurt. Okay. The, the, so that's yes, right. the, and they've only won four out of their last uh, ten as well. They're, so yeah, they're, they're four and six. In they're, last time. they're not going that's the right way because of Milwaukee. Yeah, they did play Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to win the division, and they're the Cubs. Like Austin said, they'll figure it out. And I mean, they're. Their lineup's good. Home field advantage is good. It, you know, goes back to that. You know, winning as many games as you can because playing in Wrigley is tough. And at the end of the day, they have the best manager in the NL. Ugh. 
God. I, I, I tried not to smile when I said God. that because I was like, how long is it going to take for me well, to I'm make just noise? Thinking, I'm just thinking of all the other shitty managers out there, and you're probably right. I'm going to Wrigley, too. I'm going to Wrigley uh, a week from Monday, and um, I just, like, I'm a little nervous because I hate Joe Madden. I can't root for the Cubs, mostly because of him. And, uh, like, I'm just worried about, like, while I'm at Wrigley, like, I'm wealthy. You guys know this. And I'm, like, a little concerned. Like how are you candid. healthy though? Like in a public setting, like you're gonna have like six beers and be like, "Hey, Joe Madden, fuck off!" Like, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm psychotic enough that I'm I'm just I'm like that when I'm sober. But um, <laughs> true, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not worried at all about Miller Park because I I do kind of like the Brewers. They're a fun team, and I love the aggressiveness that they had at the deadline, bringing in all those guys, and even during the free agency uh, period, it's just an awesome they team and yeah yeah i i love them so and travis shaw mike moustakis you know it's just i don't know kane yelich yeah just a great team yeah great team great yeah, yeah they really are yeah so um i and I, I i'd love it if they could win that division i think they can a, a game in the house they they're, they're playing the reds while i'm there so um, Man, and, that should be two or three wins right there. And then Chicago does end with um, the Cardinals. So Cardinals? Who are yeah. in yeah, a, a wild card spot still. So um, it's just crazy that only one team out of the West is probably going to go <laughs> as as loaded it's, as it's they look. It's just not like every other year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yep. Arizona didn't address their bullpen issues quick enough and – you know, and that whole Bradley Kemp thing during the Dodgers series was a little weird on Lavelle's part, but um, I just I'm a little disappointed because that is my National League team. But but all right, well that's kind of that's a nice little rundown anyway of uh, you know league wide. Um, all right, so uh, any last words before we wrap? Uh, let's just hope we don't get swept by the Mets, please. <laughs> that's all and like you Either said really we could sweep them they could sweep <laughs> us like who the fuck knows it's, uh, yeah I literally have no idea yeah this is a heat check <laughs> seriously yeah. seriously heat check right now right uh, alright boys have a have a good night yeah take it easy guys Later. episode 80 in the books for the Benny and the Bets podcast. Uh, definitely some fireworks earlier. Um, Dave and I are the classic good cop, bad cop. I'm obviously bad cop in that uh, relationship. But um, three games set against the Mets. Then we got Cleveland next week. Or actually, we got New York first, then Cleveland. So, um, going to get a lot of looks uh, with some talented teams. So, We'll see how it all shakes out, and uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you Sunday evening.
Red Sox Nation, it's a kind of a family. Wherever I roam, a Fenway home, that's where I long to be. I'm a member of the Red Sox Nation, it's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride.